What's going on and welcome into a game day edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson, joined as always by Jim Eichenhofer of Pelicans.com. I think we're going to try to start the homestand today. After Monday's game was postponed due to health and safety protocols, the Pelicans will welcome in the Washington Wizards tonight. And joining us today to give us a little bit of a preview is a friend of ours, Jason Smith, of course, played a handful of seasons with the New Orleans Hornets and Pelicans and is now a studio analyst for the Washington Wizards. Jason, good to catch up with you. How are you? What's up, my man? It's been a long time, no see. I'm doing well. I'm hanging in there with this whole pandemic craziness going on. But thank goodness we got some basketball to talk about. Well said, my friend. And Jason was just showing us showing us his in-home studio as he's been doing all of this stuff from home for the Washington Wizards. But uh, Jason, how has your broadcasting career been? Just what's it been like uh, kind of going from playing basketball to talking about basketball for a living? You know, it actually keeps me close to the game. I didn't think I would like it in the beginning just because I am a competitor at heart and I love the game of basketball. But Father Time always tells you when you're defeated. And uh, for me, I get to talk a little bit more basketball. So for me, it's been a fun time. It's been an experience to kind of learn how to do things. And you gain a respect for how guys on TV actually do this because they make it look so easy. When you have somebody talking in your ear while you're trying to talk, (laughs) No, 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 no. It's a whole different ball game. It's not like giving a post-game interview or anything like that. But for me, it's been fun. And going through these unprecedented times, I'm broadcasting from home, so I still get to be around my family. I don't have to go into work all the time. It's fun. I get to talk about the game that I love, the game that I've played for so long. And it's really sad to see what everything is going on with the pandemic and health and safety protocols. But for the most part, it's been a blast for me. I can't complain one bit. Jason, you know, we, we obviously had a great time with you when you played here and had a lot of fun interacting with you um, during the season. Uh, one thing I was, one thing I was wondering just about your path, you, you just mentioned how, you know, you wanted to, you want to play as long as you possibly can, but every player knows that eventually there will be a time where you have to transition into some, a, a different field. Can what are some, what's some of the advice that you would give to, um, you know, players right now that are considering going into broadcasting, what are some of the things that you did that you think helped you put your, yourself in the position that you're in to be able to do this? You know, I actually had great opportunities by the Players Association. They had a sportscaster you, as they called it, and it gives you a great opportunity to go and see what the broadcasting world is all about, whether it be TV, whether it be radio, whether it be print. And for me, it was really just about the opportunity to get some reps and, and figure out if I liked it or not. And I didn't really have any admiration to go be a broadcaster or do any sort of public speaking. I hated public speaking. I could not stand it. I was scared to death to be in front of people to speak. But as I got more and more comfortable being around people and more people said, oh, man, you'd be great on TV or you'd, you'd be great doing this or that. And I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. But doing the reps and realizing that it was challenging and it was hard work, I thought it was going to be like, oh, how hard could it be? It's just talking on TV. It's nothing big. Right. Yeah. Going through the program, they challenge you in every aspect, whether it be doing a minute monologue, whether it be doing pregame or postgame stuff, doing radio stuff, everything is just different. And I really liked it because one, I love the game of basketball. I can't get away from the game of basketball. I played it for so many years. And now that I get an opportunity to just talk about it, I can reminisce on the guys that I play against because I still have people on the court that I played against or played with. So I get to, put those reminiscent memories out there. Granted, it wasn't that long that I was on the court. Come on now. I was still out there a couple of years ago. Yeah. But 
for me, it's still fun to see those guys and I root for those guys and I cheer for those guys that are still out there. And, and it's just been a blast for me. Yeah. You can tell just following you on Twitter. Uh, it seems like you really enjoy what you do and you do a great job of it. I, I kind of had a feeling you'd go into broadcasting just from hearing you uh, for all those years here in New Orleans. I kind of had a feeling. So you're doing a great job. That's for sure. Um, but let's talk about the wizards a little bit. What a up and down start for them. Kind of a, you know, between the John Wall trade to start the season, missing six games due to health and safety protocols. How would you describe the Wizards' start to the season? It's been unpredictable. I think there's one word that we've used throughout the broadcast is unprecedented. Going through a pandemic, having health and safety protocols, half their team is out right now. Six guys, majority of their scoring off the bench, 50 points coming off the bench is not playing. And that's just been a big key of why they've been struggling. They don't have any consistency of who's going to be playing on any given night. You have Russell Westbrook in the trade, thinking that he's going to come in and, and be your savior. He's not been playing back-to-backs. He's been struggling shooting the ball. He's trying to find his rhythm in on a new team. Bradley Beal has been the one consistent for the Wizards this entire season. and He is playing phenomenally. Scoring the ball at will. He's not settling for jumpers. He's getting in the paint. He's getting to the free throw line. He has this chip on his shoulder that he wants to go out and prove to the NBA, hey, last year, I should have been an all-star. Last year, I should have been all NBA. So for him, he's doing a great job. He just needs a little bit of help, and he needs a little bit more consistency from the other guys on the team. And with these health and safety protocols, not just for the Wizards, but for the entire NBA, it's tough to go out there on any given night not knowing who's going to be on the floor or if your game is going to be canceled hours before the game like the Pelicans saw last game so it's been tough all around for the NBA players but you have to keep on playing you have to roll with it you just kind of got to roll with the punches yeah it was about six o'clock on Monday when we found out that the Pelican Spurs game was postponed about two hours until tip-off um we're not sure about the status of Russell Westbrook tonight he did obviously play last night in the loss against the Houston Rockets but um in case he does play tonight Jason before I sent it to Jim how, how does Beal and Westbrook complement each other? I know they haven't had a lot of time to play with each other because you mentioned Westbrook's been sitting back-to-backs, but how do those two feed off one another when they're on the court together? You know, it's been great to have Russ come in because Brad doesn't have to, to take on the entire scoring onus. You would want Russ to do that. Now Russ has kind of struggled coming in, trying to figure out where he belongs and, and getting his shot to go down. He's been struggling as of late, and he's been struggling this entire year trying to stay on the court, really. He had a quad injury early on that kind of held him out. He's coming back. He's trying to play through that. But I think for Brad, he's just going out there and remaining consistent. Whoever is out there on the floor with him, he's trying to go out there and score the ball, get his teammates involved and really not try and force the issue going against defenses and really fighting too hard. He's watching a lot of video. He's trying to take care of his body as best as possible. It's been a frustrating year so far, but there's always time to turn it around. It's still somewhat early on in the season, and they have had a lot of postponed games, and we'll see what happens with the second half of the season and the NBA scheduling to see if, how many back-to-backs they have. Will Russell Westbrook start playing back-to-backs? We don't know. Those are all things that are kind of up in the air, but for those two guys, those are the two marquee key guys that the Wizards are really counting on to, to kind of help them propel them to get wins. You know, Jason, when I was doing research yesterday and today for this game, I noticed that the last time that Washington played in the Smoothie King Center, there's not a single Pelicans player who's still on the team from that game. So I was thinking when you mentioned that, you know, it wasn't that long ago that you played 
Um, you probably have have more familiarity with recent Wizards Pelicans games than anyone does on the New Orleans roster. So I thought that was kind of right now. I thought that was kind of funny. But what what I wanted to ask you about was um, obviously you you said unprecedented in, in terms of what Washington's dealt with so far. I mean, it's crazy to look at their their different starting lineups and all of the different combinations of guys and how they've had to adjust constantly. But for for people watching this game and New Orleans fans. Who are some of the Wizards players that we might need to be more familiar with tonight that are, have been getting an opportunity recently that maybe wouldn't have if there weren't so many guys that have been sidelined with various for various reasons? You know, there's one guy in particular that stands out to me right now. We call him our professional shooter. His name is Garrison Matthews. He's a guy that has mm. really worked his way into the league. He's gotten an opportunity the last couple games to play and showcase what he can do. He is not afraid to shoot it. I repeat, not afraid to shoot it. He will come off and he will shoot it right in your face. I think that's been his absolute greatest thing for him to do. He has nothing but confidence. But another guy that we just signed, Alex Lynn, is going to be a big part because you guys have some big brutes down there and Steven Adams and Zion Williamson. We didn't have that opportunity to utilize those guys when we were playing against Houston last game because there was this man, Boogie Cousins, also a former Pelican, he just destroyed our bigs last game. But now moving into this game, we don't have another easy task at all. Steven Adams patrols the lane, gets rebounds, gets extra possessions, gets rebounds. He's a monster down there. Plus, hmm, this man named Zion is a problem. He is an absolute problem. Scoring beast, lob threat, just manimal out there. He's going out there, and we're really worried about who's going to match up with Zion tonight. That's our biggest key. We don't know who's going to go out there and guard that man because he is a problem. He's a big body, super athlete. So I'm looking forward to the matchup. I'm a little worried for the Wizards, but hey, you never know. You never know. On any given night, any given team can win. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you talked about the the front court matchup with these two teams. What else intrigues you about tonight's game as uh, both teams kind of look to get back on track? You know, the new coaching for the Pelicans, Van Gundy. He has tried to bring a new style of basketball into the Pelicans. He's tried to slow it down a lot. Now, granted, the Wizards are the first in pace in the NBA, so they like to get up and down. The Pelicans, they're towards the bottom of the pack in pace, so they like to have a half-court offense. I want to see who plays into the, to the role of do we want to run it up and down or do we want to slow the pace down for the Pelicans? If it's going to be the Wizards' night, they need to use that athleticism, use those young legs to go out there and play fast. But if it's the Pelicans, listen to your coach. Slow it down and put it down low to Zion. Give that man the ball and let him go. Before I let you go, obviously you spent some time here in New Orleans. What do you miss about the city the most? The people, the <laughs> fans. They were awesome. It's a small market where you get to have such a connection with the season ticket holders, with everybody. Now, with the pandemic, you don't get to see those fans. But when you're out in the city and you get to go enjoy the amazing food, not good food, (laughs) amazing food, that is one of the key things about that city. It's a very unique city. There's no other NBA city like it because any and every time you guys want to throw a party, you guys make up an excuse to throw a parade or have a drink or two. I've never seen so many parades for so many random things down there, but that's what makes it so much fun. New Orleans is awesome place. And I, I will never regret going down there. I love playing in new Orleans. 
Unfortunately, no parades this year for Mardi Gras due to health and safety, but I'm sure, like you mentioned, the city will find a way to celebrate during Mardi Gras <laughs> in a few weeks. Jason, I really appreciate the time doing a great job with the Washington Wizards television team as a studio analyst. Hope this is not the last time we talk to you and enjoy the game, my friend. Absolutely not. We will have to have many more talks in the future. Man, good stuff. Good hearing from Jason Smith once again. Always a fan favorite when he was here in New Orleans. One of the best guys to talk to, whether it was practice or post-game. Um, Jason was always someone that made time for you. I'm sure Jim could, would agree with that. Um, but definitely miss having him around New Orleans. He's doing a great job there with the Wizards. But, Jim, I guess for both teams, it's combined eight games of postponed games for these two. The Wizards missing six straight, and now the Pelicans have missed two, both against Southwest Division opponents most recently on Monday against the Spurs. It's kind of a, a wild 48 hours uh, for the Pelicans. You know, two hours before tip, we're all on Stan Van Gundy's uh, Zoom call waiting for him to talk, and then the game gets canceled, and the Pelicans don't practice till 5 p.m. last night uh, after waiting for test results. It's just kind of been an odd 48 hours, which we kind of expect now these days. It really has. And, I mean, I think from the players' perspective, after the road trip, and after what happened Saturday in Minnesota, I think you want to get back on the court as soon as possible to try to make amends for that and just, just try to get a positive feeling going. So I think that would add to the frustration of not being able to play that game Monday after, like you said, everyone was already at the arena and ready to go. So that was tough. But on the other hand, I look at it like, you know, it's been difficult to have two games postponed for the Pelicans. Um, Dallas game a couple of weeks ago and then this one. But look at Washington. I mean, I feel like we have nothing to complain about considering they went almost two weeks without playing a game. And um, I can't imagine, like, it does feel like a long time when between games when you have one postponed, but imagine having six postponed. So they've they, they've almost been test case across the NBA, unfortunately for them, in terms of what do you do when you have a bunch of games postponed and even worse in terms of winning and losing – um, they have like seven or eight guys sidelined by either injury and then mostly health and safety protocol. So what a difficult task it's been for Scott Brooks and those coaches of trying to figure out from game to game who to put on the court and who you, who you actually have available. So man, it's, it's difficult. They, I know things have not gone well for them, but I, I feel like following them would be, would have, would be very interesting, I guess this year, maybe not in a lot of positive ways, but just a, just a, fascinating to kind of see how you get through some of this stuff yeah six players are out tonight due to health and safety protocols you already are out thomas bryant who tore his acl and then there's a status of Rus russell westbrook which we'll know more later today you might even know as you listen to this podcast depending on when you listen but as jason mentioned he has not played in a back-to-back -back yet and the wizards lost last night in houston to the rockets which is also a very interesting situation for the pelicans tonight jim it kind of feels a little bit like saturday the end of a road trip, even though this is the beginning of a homestand, but you're playing a Timberwolves team that was on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. They were without Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. Unfortunately, the Pelicans came out with a loss, but today kind of seems like the same situation where you really can't afford another loss to a team that is missing seven or eight potential guys, and, and both teams are desperate for a win. Yeah, you, you really have to take advantage of this. I mean, Monday against San Antonio was going to be the same way where the Spurs were coming off a back-to-back -back Sunday and you were catching them in the second game of a back-to-back. -back. So really the Pelicans initially had three straight opponents that were in this position of having to play New Orleans on the second game. Um, so yeah, I agree. I mean, you got to get this win and you have to really get a lot of home wins coming up 
we've talked about before how home court advantage maybe isn't that big of a factor this year, but just the fact that most of the Pelicans games are at home coming up over the next few weeks to me makes it really critical, not necessarily the home aspect of it, but just the fact that you have to get some wins to get back, you know, closer to 500 Um, 11 of the next 15 games are in the smoothie King center. So a lot of tough opponents in there. It's kind of a combination of, of teams in terms of how well they're performing, but um, it's really important to, to try to get some wins and get back to, like I said, closer to 500. I think right now it's so early, but right now the 10th place team in the West is right at 500 or one game over. So to me, that's when you can start having a conversation more about the Western conference race is when you can get closer to the break-even point, which the Pelicans have a lot of work to do to be able to get to that aspect no of it. Absolutely. In case you missed it too, tonight's game is at 8 p.m. Central Time. It was moved back over the weekend due to health and safety protocols as well. So just like Monday, tonight's game is at 8 p.m. You can watch it locally on Fox Sports New Orleans or listen on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. And we'll have Pelicans Weekly for you at 6 o'clock. Scheduled to have David Griffin on, which will be a very good listen for Pelicans fans to get an update from him. And then a tough back-to-back Friday, Saturday, 6.30 p.m. on Friday against the Milwaukee Bucks, nationally televised on ESPN. And then Saturday's game was supposed to be 6 o'clock against the Houston Rockets. That's been moved back to 7, as it'll be a home back-to-back for New Orleans. We'll have another podcast for you on Friday. We'll be joined by Ryan Rucco, who will be on the call for Pelicans Bucks on ESPN. And also we'll get you introduced to daily fantasy sports here in Louisiana. Again, not too much to play with the rules in Louisiana, but you can play some free daily fantasy, and we'll get our friends from FanDuel to help us out as well. So, again, 8 p.m. tonight, Pelicans and Wizards. And, Jim, I think you have, what, inside the numbers today that will be coming out? Behind the numbers. Behind the numbers. You were close. You were close. You were close. You had to do a numbers. <laughs> good enough. You had two of the three words right. So, I'd say if this was baseball, that's a pretty darn good – uh, batting average so you can I'll, I'll give you credit there yeah except if i was in school though that'd still be failing so i'll take the baseball analogy <laughs> right there but behind the numbers will be out for you on pelicans.com and no shoot around this morning and then we'll talk to you tonight with pregame coverage starting at 7 30 big thanks to jim big thanks to jason smith and until friday i'm daniel salerson thanks for listening to the pelicans podcast presented by seeky <laughs>